I'm Jason Klom. Gaziza. I'm Alan Rickards. Your last name is Rickard? And we are the hosts of Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Jason Klom. Gaziza. I'm Alan Rickards. And this is Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast. With Jen on the ether. Hi. Yeah. Again, it's a room full of people we've just done that in front of, and that's even more awkward. Um, so Jen lives on the ether. That's just part of it. That's, that's canon. Uh, so this is episode 100 of Dispatches from Fort Awesome, and we are now doing a stage reading of an episode entitled Misrepresenting, written by Sam Johnson and Chris Marshall, friend of the show and our MC slash narrator. Hi, Chris. Hello. Thank you for doing this very much. Yes. Thank you. Oh, and they're getting... Oh, there we go. <laughs> so, um, if everybody, let's go around the room, introduce yourself, and what part you're playing. Uh, we'll start with Milan. Hey, what's up? My name is Milan Carter. I'll be playing Joe, the messenger, and Glenn. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hey, my name's Haley Sims. I will be Beth. Yay! I'm Jen. I will be playing Lisa. Yay! Hi, I'm Natasha Young. I'll be playing Catherine. Yay! I'm Jason Klom, and I'll be playing Bill McNeil. I'm Alan Rickert, and I'll be playing Dave. Nobody clap. Just <laughs> 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 got me in character. <laughs> I'm Alex Salem. I will be Jimmy James. Hi, my name's Eric Feltes, and I'm good old Matthew. Yeah. Hey, Lee. And I I will be reading the stage directions, so I guess I'm playing Tom Taronis. Yes, yeah. Is <laughs> he <laughs> would normally do it at this uh, Yeah, no, yeah, the director. director did it? Okay. Yeah, generally. I did not know that. Yeah. Shows how much TV work I've done. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah, ready when you are, Chris. Okay. Interior broadcast booth morning. Catherine enters the booth. Bill is going over some copy. What's up, y'all? Brother Bill McNeil in the year. What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? Bill McNeil here. Bill? Let me ask you, would you read what's up as an upbeat, cheery salutation, or more as a low, whispered greeting between intimates like, what's up? What are you talking about? I'm supposed to do these live ads for a new sponsor and, whoops, time to start. Bill punches in a cart. Some sophisticated slow jam kind of music plays. What's up, y'all? Bill McNeil saying there's a party all up in here and you need to get with the flow. Oh, yeah, rocket fuel malt liquor's got the heavyweight power. Whether you've got the eons to rip it up to some fat booty beats or just chill with your honey. So get on the rocket and see the stars. Rocket fuel malt liquor. Damn! Bill takes his headphones off. Well. Oh, my lord. Yeah, right. Maybe I should have kicked it freestyle. Interior bullpen later, Beth and Lisa are outside of Dave's office, trying to hear what's happening inside. This is not good. No, I think you're wrong. Confrontation is a healthy part of any relationship. That's what my parents said, then they got divorced. Give me evasion and subterfuge any day. Joe comes up with a cup of coffee. Hasn't anyone tried this substitute Dave got? Quiet. They call it coffee. Like we're supposed to believe it. If it sounds like coffee, then it tastes like coffee, too. Right. <laughs> we're in the middle of an austerity budget, which means either you buy your own coffee 
or drink the cheap coffee substitute. It tastes like burning metal mixed with lye and poisoned pieces of glass. I don't see why we can't have free snacks and good coffee anymore. For your information, Dave is in there fighting with Jimmy over this very issue. From the other side of the door, the voices get loud and angry. We can't... I can't believe Dave's really going to the wall about free snacks. Free snacks? They're probably arguing about who gets to hold us down and pour this crap down our throats. Joe, if you hate the Kofa so much, why don't you just go downstairs and buy some real coffee? Because I'm hooked on it now. <laughs> it's all part of their master plan. Dave storms out of the office, slams the door, and takes a deep breath. Beth and Lisa pretend they weren't listening. Dave, this coffee. Not now. Definitely not now. Dave re-enters his office. The others look at each other as the yelling starts all over again, this time even more forceful than before. I have never heard Dave yell like this. Or Jimmy. This is not good. Jimmy storms out and slams the door. He stops and glares at everyone, then storms off to the foyer, nearly running Matthew over as he comes from the printer. Hey guys, look what I just found at the printer. Wow, paper. And you say you found at the printer? No, look at it. It's Dave's resume. Beth, Lisa, and Joe all materialize from different sides. Beth grabs the resume. Beth, that's not yours to look at. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> or giggle over. What's so funny? Lisa, I have bad news. Dave, your boyfriend, managed a Dairy Duke. How can he have any self-respect? Dairy Duke figures this soft ice cream is completely cheap and standard. Substandard. Hey, cool. Dave juggles. That's great. Everyone looks at him. I mean, if you're into really dumb stuff. How'd you get this dude? He was just sitting there on the printer. How come Dave is printing out his resume? Just then, Dave comes out of his office. The others tried to hide the resume. Dave comes over. Is there anything at the printer? Nothing. Just our own work-related printing documents. Lisa rolls her eyes and hands him the resume. <sighs> Sorry. We had to look. Dairy Duke, Dave? That place gives frozen treats a bad name. We don't use preservatives, which is why our soft ice cream tends to melt faster. Why am I defending the job I had in college to you? Why are you printing out your resume? There are lots of reasons I could be printing out my resume. Such as? Maybe an intern wants to use it as a model for his resume. Or maybe I'm just updating it. You're looking for another job. You're trying to get out of this sinking ship while the rest of us rats drown in a sea of coffee. Well, Joe, if it makes you feel better, it will be a speedy death. But you don't deny that you could be looking for another job. There's nothing to confirm or deny. I merely printed out my resume for a legitimate private reason. Now, if you'll excuse me, I've had a stressful morning. Dave takes his resume and goes to his office. Dave's not leaving, is he? Of course not. She's covering for him. She doesn't actually know. Covering. Doesn't know. Enough. (laughs) Look, just because a guy has a screaming match with his boss and then prints out his resume doesn't mean... I'll be right back. Lisa heads towards Dave's office. Interior broadcast booth. Bill and Catherine have their headphones on and are finishing up a segment. Although there were no serious injuries, property damage is expected to run into the millions. WNYX News Time 1123. Stay tuned for the weather. They take off their headphones and walk down to the coffee station. All 
I'm saying. I've heard what you're saying. And you'll hear it again. How can you endorse a product that so obviously targets underage drinkers? Look. The good people at Hardball Enterprises run a respectable company. None of their products, not Rocket Fuel, not the Slow Jam Gin, not the Get It On Premixed Cocktails, none of them targets underage drinkers. But you can't disagree that malt liquor only exists to get you drunk. Nonsense. Rocket Fuel is fun, and I, for one, find it refreshing to see a company putting the fun back into drinking. Matthew, <laughs> Ma Matthew walks up. It's no different than Zima. That clear stuff, I love that stuff. <laughs> because it's fun? No, because it's clear. And most beer is yellow. But this one is clear. <laughs> and the taste? Oh, I've never actually had it. Hops-based products give me a headache. Matthew leaves. <laughs> I think you're threatened by my ability to reach out to the common man in the language of the streets. I am nothing but embarrassed to hear you trying to talk street like that. Because although the ads may be written in a frank street patois, I believe they appeal to a rainbow of consumers. Sure. A rainbow of underage drinkers. Black kids, white kids who want to be black, suburban kids who want to be urban, but they're all kids. There we must disagree. May I say something to you in street? By all means. You're a jerk. <laughs> Don't know that one. <laughs> Interior day's office, simultaneous. Okay, your slick evasions might work on everyone else, but not me. Why did you print out your resume? If my slick evasions don't work on you, then I have to reconsider this whole relationship. Why don't you just say you're looking for another job? Because I'm not. Yet? Look at it my way. I've got a staff that just cares about free snacks. I've got a boss who just cares about saving money. I don't see any middle ground. Much less time for the news. But come on, you're not going to quit over a budget squabble. I might have to. <laughs> Jimmy's not going to fire you. Jimmy's not going to fire you, right? It has been discussed. I shouldn't say anymore. Dave, you can't afford to be unemployed. You're not even vested yet. What does that mean exactly? I don't know, but it's bad. See, this is why I didn't tell you the truth. You worry too much. Maybe so, but if you lose this job, you could start a horrible downward spiral. Alcohol, drugs, depression, homelessness? Alcohol, yes. Drugs, maybe. But I'd like to think that as long as we're together, I won't be depressed or homeless. Oh, I'd be depressed. And I'm certainly not about to have a homeless guy living with me. Look, it probably won't come to anything. Besides, I'm not unemployable. I do have some skills. Oh, right. The job market is simply clamoring for people who can make runny ice cream. Interior broadcast booth, it's time for another rocket fuel spot. A messenger hands Bill some copy. Party music up. What's up, y'all? Bill McNeil rocking the mic again. Cold representing rocket fuel malt liquor. It's got the mad flavor that it takes any situation to the next level. So when that party starts bouncing and the ladies start bumping, tighten up your flow with rocket fuel. Rocket fuel malt liquor. Damn! Bill turns to the messenger. Anything else? They said they sent over more copy later in the day. The messenger leaves. Bill, how can you sit up here and prey on the insecurities of kids who think drinking will make them cool? Hey, did I object when you did ads for adult diapers? No. And do you wear adult diapers? Well? 
Of course not. Just checking. So isn't it just a little hypocritical to attack me when you're preying on the insecurities in the incontinent? No, because if the time comes when I do wear adult diapers, I'll face it with the dignity and confidence made possible by the good people at Underpinnings Incorporated. Well, same here. When rocket fuel is an appropriate drink, I gladly serve it. But as it happens, you've never been in that situation. That's where you're wrong. I do enjoy rocket fuel from time to time. No, you don't. Indeed I do, as do many of my friends, none of whom I believe are underage youths. Is that so? What's it taste like? Oh, how to describe such a robust brew? Let's see. It's a hearty, full-bodied beverage with hints of apple and smoke. And one sip got you blind drunk and borderline psychotic. Not at all. I could drink it all afternoon, at a garden party perhaps, or while yachting, and feel nothing more than a warm glow you'd feel after consuming a weak wine spritzer. Oh, it sounds delicious. Indeed it is. Then maybe we should wet our beaks with a little rocket fuel sometime. Certainly, my dear. I'd like that very much. Good. Catherine reaches under her desk and pulls out a great big 40 of rocket fuel malt liquor, <laughs> which she sets solemnly in front of Bill. Interior bullpen. Lisa and Matthew at their desk. Joe's by the coffee. Jimmy enters, still a little steamed, and stops by Lisa's desk. Is he in? You mean Dave? No, the mule I had when I was a boy. <laughs> well, at least a two-by-four can persuade a mule. How do you guys put up with this? I think Dave is an excellent motivator, sir. Right. He's motivated you into a bunch of malcontents. Just because I use a cheapo coffee substitute that tastes like poison pieces of broken glass or something. Joe comes up to Lisa's desk. This isn't real coffee, but it tastes like a premium import. Mm. I'll be. (laughs) (laughs) You're saying you don't mind these cuts Dave is mismanaging down your throats? No way, sir. They're going down as smooth as butter substitute. A a really good butter substitute, that is. Matthew comes over. I don't think so. (laughs) You didn't think so at first, Matthew. What? I think Mr. James has a darn good point. But maybe you should go back to your desk and think about that point some more. What? This is a golden opportunity. Let's get Dave. Who's with me? She jerks her head to signal Joe. Beth catches on instantly. Mr. James, can you come over here? I need to forge your signature on something. (laughs) Then what do you need me for? Um, it's very complicated. Come over here and I'll explain it. Wait! I have something to say. While Jimmy crosses to Beth's desk, Joe silently puts his hand over Matthew's mouth and virtually carries him into the break room. What are we signing here? You know what? It's gone now. My mistake. You people are crazy. And it's his fault. Jimmy walks into Dave's office, slamming the door behind him. How's it going, sir? Fine, fine. Lisa seems really agitated today. Did you notice that? Well, sir, we had a little talk. She's worried about my job security. Really? Excellent! (laughs) Jimmy Jimmy reaches into his coat and pulls out a small notepad. Dave reaches into his pocket and pulls out an identical notepad. Fake argument. Check. Check. Jimmy walks out and huff. Check. Check. What a huff it was. (laughs) Thank you. Dave leaves resume in the printer. Check. Confides in Lisa. Check. Did you grumble ominously to the staff about my job performance? Just did it. Check. Were they projecting a more positive attitude? Work just like you said. I gotta admit, Dave, they're really buying it. You have lit a fire under them. You are a slippery one. They put away their notepads. Thank you, sir. But I prefer the term indirect. (laughs) I love it. You even have a slippery word for slippery. Man, this was a scam for the books. Well, sir, with your permission... I'd like to go a little farther. 
Sure, you mean really drive the point home? I guess so. Well, you're the puppeteer here. By golly, I do like watching you work. Can't wait to see what's next. Jimmy goes to the door. Thanks, sir. And don't forget the door. Oh, yeah. Almost closed it. Jimmy leaves, remembering to slam the door. Dave pulls out his notepad yet again and checks something off. Thank you very much, sir. <clears throat> Interior break room, Catherine and Bill are leaning against the counter in front of the sink. They each have a bottle of rocket fuel in front of them and paper cups filled with malt liquor. As much as I'd love to sample rocket fuel, this isn't the time or place. I say we find a bar after work. Bill, they don't serve this at bars. They serve it under bridges and on street corners. Really? I'll, I'll have to inquire about our local distributors. This will be perfect. We can share a civilized drink in a familiar, comfortable environment. I guess it couldn't hurt to have a sip. Of course not. Resigned, Bill raises his cup. Catherine does the same. Well then, Catherine, salut. Bill slams it back. Catherine pretends to drink, but just tosses the malt liquor over her shoulder into the sink. Bill slaps his cup back down on the table. The drink has been anything but smooth. Wow! Wow is right. That's some smooth drinking. Perhaps I have misjudged you. And rocket fuel. Let's have another. Catherine quickly pours out two more. Yes, another. Down the hatch. Again, salute. Again, Bill slams it down. And again, Catherine tosses hers over her shoulder. Damn. Act two, Dave's office. Beth comes into, Dave comes into his office to find Bill on his knees in front of Dave's desk, examining one of the frames pictures on the desk. Bill is doing a very, well, keep going. <laughs> she looks like quite a woman, Dave. She must be a wonderful mother. That's Lisa, Bill. <clears throat> the other picture is my mother. What am I smelling? Here you're leaving us. Goodbye, my friend. Salud. Bill rolls over onto his back, still looking at the picture. Bill. Stern but soft. You know, my mother never touched me. Avoided all physical contact. Those malt liquor people didn't send you over free samples, did they? Bill gets up and puts the picture in his coat pocket. I beg your pardon? Are you suggesting I've been drinking? Bill sways and in the process of steadying himself, knocks books and papers off Dave's desk. I demand an apology, sir! Sorry. Can I have my picture back? Bill huffily takes the picture from his pocket, pulling his pocket inside out in the process, hands it to Dave. And now there is work to be done. Bill struggles with the door, pushing it instead of pulling it. After a moment, he gets it open. And now there is work to be done. Bill leaves, and Dave goes to the door. Beth! Beth enters. Whoa, malt liquor, Dave? I didn't think it would start so soon. <laughs> that was Bill McNeil, consummate broadcast professional. Do I have any appointments this afternoon? Mm, aside from dinner at the soup kitchen, you're clear. <laughs> what do you want your cake to say? My cake? Your farewell cake. Do you want it heartfelt or ironic? You're jumping to conclusions. I'm not getting fired. Okay, downsized. I can't keep up with your crazy slang. I'm not getting downsized, okay? Okay. Just make it a plain cake with no message at all. Fine. Beth exits. Dave looks at his watch. Five, four, three, two, one. On cue, Beth re-enters. You still want the cake. What? You still want the cake. You are leaving, aren't you? No, I'm just... I can't hide anything from you, can I? Well, I am known for my sharp eye. Right. Now, this is top secret. I have a job interview this afternoon. This is a preemptive strike. Really? Mr. James would die if he found out. Yes, but you're not going to tell him or anybody else, are you? Dave, uh, you can trust me. What did you just say? 
I said you can trust me. Thanks. Beth leaves. Dave takes out his notebook and checks off another item. Trust Beth. Check. Excellent. <laughs> Broadcast booth. Catherine looking over some copy. When Bill comes into the booth, he is a little unsteady and has a bad headache. You don't look so good. I think it's the Kofa. Maybe you shouldn't have had all that rocket fuel. Nonsense. The malt liquor was delicious and refreshing. I'm fine. Good. Because I want to say that I think I overreacted. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're putting a gun to anyone's head, right? Exactly. If they want to kill themselves drinking that crap, it's their choice. Crap? I thought you liked it. I mean, it's crap to them. They're not ready to appreciate it yet. I agree. That's why I feel bad. Forgive me? Of course. I admire your principled stand. Thanks, Bill. That's sweet. Now, can I just give you a tip? Sure, what? I think your spots sound inauthentic. That's absurd. Those spots are very authentic. Get real. That was up, y'all stuff, it's all played out. Very 1995. I don't know who's writing your stuff, but it's strictly VH1. Really? What do they say now? Oh, all sorts of things. Slang changes quickly. A man's got to be very barchos just to keep up. Very what? Barchos? You know, like, you never even heard of that word? No. Man, your Fortran is really all waddled up. Help me then. Bill grabs a pen and paper. Okay, just a little. For instance, what's up, y'all? Come on. People aren't saying what's up anymore? Not on the street. <laughs> what do they say now? Now they say, gaziza. Gaziza. I like it. What does it mean? Yeah, it means hello or goodbye. And if someone's your friend, you call him. My homie? No. My peeps? No. You call him Mon Poisson Home. <laughs> poisson Home? What is the derivation of that exactly? It means fishman in French. Oh, right, right. Hey, Gaziza, my Poisson Home. You got it! <laughs> very, very barchos, Bill. Thank you. And what, if you. what do you say if something's really good? Like rocket fuel? You say it's poison. Seriously? Poison? Marvelous. What else? No more. You're not ready. Yes, more. Feed me. Bullpen, Dave Codon is leaving the office when Matthew stops him. Uh, Dave? Uh, yes, so what is it, Matthew? Can I just say something to you in confidence? Congratulations! <laughs> For what? For getting out of here before Mr. Jason's chance to fire you. How did you find out? I had my way. Did Beth tell you? Beth? <laughs> no, no, no. My source is top secret. Secret. Secret source. Not Beth. Beth? Well, I can't divulge anything because I don't want you to get in trouble. Oh, right, right. Thank you. But what I need you to do is help convince everyone that I really, really like my job and want to stay. You mean lie? I don't mean lie. Think of it as a grift. Right. A grift. What's a grift? It's like make-believe. Well, I'm very well acquainted with that, as you well know. Of course. Now, I've got to go. If Mr. James comes in... Consider him persuaded. Matthew leaves. Dave takes out his notebook, checking off another item. Matthew! Matthew steps back in. Joe wasn't your source, was he? (laughs) Joe? Joe said this whole resume thing is a fraud, and they probably working some deeper scam, but he's going to hack into your computer and find out for that for sure. (sighs) Brother. That Joe. Really? 
Matthew leaves again, and again Dave takes out his notebook and checks off another item. Good old Joe. Interior broadcast booth. Bill and Catherine are in the booth. The messenger from before comes up with a copy. Bill motions them to come in, but waves the copy away. Gazizza, Gazizza, have a seat. We're just about ready. Bill sits back down and puts the headphone backs on, cues the music. Gazizza, me poisson home. Bill McNeil saying, get with the poison taste of rocket fuel malt liquor. Rocket fuel's got the upstate prison flavor that keeps you ugly all night long. So when you want to get sick, remember, nothing makes your feet stank like rocket fuel malt liquor. Damn, it's poison. Perfect. Thank you. What'd you think? Honestly? I thought it sucked. I decided he liked it. Good job, Bill. <laughs> Thanks. And gazizza to you, my man. Interior bullpen. Jimmy joins Matthew at the coffee station. Ah, oh, Mr. James. I just want to say that Dave really, really likes his job. Uh, say what? Oh. oh, nothing. Just a casual observation I wanted to make. I'd even go as far to say that he has no plans to quit and get another job. That's great, Matthew. Thanks for the... Casual observation. I think I said enough. Jimmy approaches Lisa's desk. <laughs> Beth and Lisa are there. Where's Dave? Um, he's out. It's a new motivational tactic, I think. Come on, come on, spit it out. Actually, Mr. James, he's worried that you're going to fire him. <laughs> oh, that. I don't think he's worried about that. But haven't you been discussing that? Yeah, but... In the heat of the moment, you'll say anything. Dave's fine. Jimmy starts to go back to the coffee station. Then why did you drive him to go to a job interview? Beth! He went to a job interview? Yes. Beth! Excuse me for a moment. Jimmy exits into the foyer. He takes out his notepad and checks it. Nothing. He shakes his head. Joe passes by. If you're looking for Dave, he's out at a job interview. And what makes you so sure? Uh, No reason. Joe? Okay, I accidentally got into his computer and read his planner. Interior break room. Bill is reading a piece of paper at the table, eating a donut. Catherine comes in. Ah, the afternoon soda. Damn, that's a poison idea. Bill, I prefer to speak street, not to speak street during office hours. It might throw off the others. Right, right, I hear you. Beck, Beth pokes her head in. There's some guy from Rocket Fuel here for you. If he's got any of those little airline bottles, try to get 10 or 12 for me. Malt liquor doesn't come in airline bottles. Great. Give me 10 or 12 of the big ones then. (laughs) (laughs) Beth Beth shows in a youngish executive guy. Bill. Glenn Conrad from Hardball. We spoke on the phone. Gazizza. Bless you. So are you enjoying the spot? What happened to the copy we asked you to read? Glenn, that copy was strictly 1995. I want to reach the people of today. You might be reaching the people of Mars, but here on this planet, no one talks like that. What? Of course they do. On the street. That was street talk, the coin of the realm, lingua franca. That was embarrassment. (laughs) We have a little something called street cred, or we did, until that spot. You're living in the past, my friend. Regardless, we can't use you. We're going to go with someone else. What do you mean? What's up, y'all? Rock a few more liquor, Dan. Bill, <laughs> stop it. We want you promoting. Our, we don't want you promoting our product. That's all there is to it. Excuse me. You're Catherine Duke, right? Then Conrad from Hardball. In Bill's defense, he really wanted the job. He even went out and drank some of your product. God, really? That crap gives me a headache. 
That's right, now the truth can be told. What about all the underage kids you people prey on, huh? What about them, Predator? It'd be a tremendous coup for us to have an articulate and attractive woman full of color like yourself as a rocket fuel spokesperson. And it would be tremendous coup for me to have an articulate and remarkably ugly white boy like yourself get out of this office before I say something nasty. When exits quickly. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> Dave's office, Dave enters to find Jimmy sitting behind his desk. Where you been? Out and about, why? No reason, uptown or downtown. Here and there. You're a cagey customer, Dave. You wanted a job interview, were you? A job interview? Come on, sir. I didn't hear a no in there. All right, sir, you got me. Who leaked it? Matthew, right? Matthew, and Beth, and Lisa and Joe. What's going on here, Dave? We were supposed to be running a scam on them. You didn't tell me anything about a job interview. I just went to the job interview to make sure they'd believe me. Oh, I see. Gotcha. Jimmy enters. After a beat, he re-enters, looking at his notebook. You wouldn't leave me high and dry without a news director, would you? High and dry? Without a news director? Come on, sir. Everything's going according to plan. Because you got me improvising here. When I run a scam, I like to follow a script. So what happens next? It's very simple. You bring the snacks back because it's a minor item that means a lot. Then I cancel my next interview. Okay, good. Wait. This is an actual ultimatum, not just a scam, isn't it? If you don't play along, sir, you may never know. What if I don't play along? If I call your bluff? I'm willing to bet there's a station out there who could use a guy with a good scam or two. Well, we'll just see about that. Jimmy exits and slams the door. Eight, seven, six... Jimmy is standing outside Dave's door, looking at his own watch. Five, four, three, two, one. Fine, he wins. Jimmy opens the door of Dave's office, which, unseen to us, obviously smacks Dave in the face. Ow! Oh, jeez, I'm sorry. End of show. Yay! Well, Chris, thank you for doing thank that. You, thank you. Um, do we want to open the door? How hot is everybody feeling right now? Are we still? T- are we all toasting in here? The AC started. Flowing. Oh, did it? Yeah. Oh, you're right. Okay. okay. Well, uh, we've got. But now we can fan ourselves. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. We can fan ourselves to <laughs> the scripts. So let's talk about this this episode because obviously, as everybody knows. Uh, I got to cheat and barely had to do any acting. I had to do an impression. So uh, the rocket fuel subplot comes up in 13 episodes after this one was actually. This was supposed to be three of yes. six. So why? Why did everything else get excised? What do we think? I think I'm not sure. Like I was surprised because this copy is the pre-table. Yes. Yeah, and we did not usually pre-table. Mm-hmm. But what this was our first full season mm-hmm. on news radio. So I was realized like this is probably the first like full sitcoms script Sam and I ever wrote wow because here we had come from like Beavis and Butthead and those scripts are like 14 pages Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um, and it looks it because it's way too long it's like it's like like, it's like this might be a good A story if you got 12 pages (laughs) Um, and um, but I think because of the malt liquor thing which NBC like was not that fond of Uh. We may have had to submit a pre-table mm-hmm. to get them to approve it, but then we went to the table. I remember, 
And I think we didn't like the A story, and they didn't like the B story. So we just pulled it. Mm-hmm. And I think... I don't know this for sure, but I think the th- Paul's thinking was... Well, like, the Mulder thing is going to be really funny. You know, Phil read it at the table, which is really all that Sam and I wanted out of that mm-hmm. whole story was just to see Phil do it. Yeah. And, um... Because <laughs> we didn't know whether they would let it go on the air. And it's slightly different, I think, in the on-the-air version. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. And, um... And so I think that I think Paul's thinking might have been like, well, you know, we're always behind. We always get way behind by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Once we bring it back, like they'll just be, you know, it'll be too late for them to do anything about it because we got to air something. Mm-hmm. And so that's because I I was actually surprised that it got on. Yeah. Um, but that was the and the A story is totally different. It, yeah. Yeah. Did you know? Did it ever happen where you would like scrap? Any story like chopper stuff around? Yeah, I, mean, I feel like we did. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at uh, Spidey Chambers is here. Hi, Spidey. With us. You're here. Is it okay hey, if we buddy. call you out? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Totally fine. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like we did. I mean, it all happened. It would all happen at like three in the morning, so it's mm-hmm. very hard to to remember specifically. But you know, I mean, our process generally for you know to the extent we had a process mm-hmm. is like we'd like talk story, like come in for pre-production. People would go off on draft. And then that was the end of the drafts. Like, we had X amount of drafts that we'd written in pre-production. And once we used it up, we wrote everything, you know, like, just, like, well, we gotta have something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but we had story ideas that we would draw on, Mm -hmm. you know. So it's like, oh, okay, well, let's, like, on, you know, the Monday before the Wednesday table read, we might, like, oh, let's start talking about that story. Mm Mm-hmm. And so start to start to build it. I mean, it is a thing in multi. Like you can, because you, you, you then have a whole week to rewrite it. You've got right. three chances at it. You know, and so that's where you get like you know boil stuff down and make it sure better. So this is your first. So this is this, your first one. Yeah, that's nuts. Because this is one of like for me, one of the most memorable. Obviously, like right. Got the prop, but not in this. Know. Like I actually was like, oh my god, this is like how many beats are there? This <laughs> yeah. Jeez, there you know, it's just like at the table. Like I don't even know if we went to the table with this because uh-huh. this feels like a table where people start like looking at the last number on the page to <laughs> see how long it is. Um, but yeah, so I think I think it looks at just because it's like oh wow, mm-hmm. it's sort of like are we ever that young? Right, right, right. You know, looking at it, looking at it, because I feel like, oh, we'd be so much better at getting through these scenes by now. Some of the slang changes later, that's the biggest change, I think. Yeah, I think, well, I think the other thing is that this probably didn't really go through this, like, we didn't have room. Uh You know, I think this might have gone through, like, Josh Lieb's computer and Paul's computer lightly. Mm -hmm. Especially if it's, like, like, for his four sort of, like, we're just making sure that we can bring this to, like, NBC will let us bring it to the table. Mm Mm-hmm. If that's why this exists, um, I don't even. And so and so, like we didn't really have like a rewrite. To like we never rewrote the table yeah. because we couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So it's like so. I think a lot of that stuff is just like oh that this here's a funnier word. Right. You right, know right. we don't need this. That kind of thing. Does it come from somewhere just out of your little brains? No, I can't. Yeah. That I don't might, mean, that might have even been Paul's. I think Paul wrote a lot of the. Okay. The, Paul wrote a lot of the bad slang. It yeah. was the My Dill's New Fits, right? Was yeah, that? My Dill's New Fits. <laughs> yeah. That was the yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I can actually add something else. Please, Just, please. So this was the beginning of season three. Right. Where we had a new producer come on, and the, the snacks... 
right. was literally something that we were do- dealing with in the office, where right. the actual <laughs> office snacks were greatly reduced because I think that they had said too that um, Brillstein Gray had said at the end of season two that they spent more money on food for us during that season than any other show that they've ever done. Wow. <laughs> So, to be fair, well, the break room is a big part of it. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah, but this was also like dinners and stuff like that, also. I mean, people were essentially living there. Oh, yeah. I mean, Paul would come in, at least, uh, Paul would come in like on Monday and like basically stay there and go home on Friday. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, that's because he lived. He lived over like way on the west side, and we right. it was like it was Sunset Gower. It's that there's that there's a level of insanity there that I don't mean in, in, in any insulting way. That is the reason that I think hooks people into the show. Stuff. Yeah, no, it's you know very I mean? much if because you know we came in halfway through season two, and mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff was already there, mm-hmm. and it had very much like this thing of like you've transferred, and they've like put you in this dorm. And it has all these private jokes and like this culture already, and you just have like Sam said. As soon as I walked in, I knew I was going to start smoking again. (laughs) I knew it's just like because you know it's like because like people could still smoke in the office. Yeah. So and Sam was like, "There's no way I'm not." Like, there's no way I'm not. So it's like it's just there's people are here smoking at all hours. There's no way. Is anybody else around the table, including um, Jenner Allen, my co-host? Uh, anybody else have any questions? What? Oh, Jenner Allen. What did you? I thought you said Jenner Allen. Hi, Jenner Allen. Um, yeah. <laughs> you have your own thing going on. That's fine. I do. But if anybody's got any questions, please. I don't want to monopolize. I have a question. I'm always interested with scripts. Uh, I'm always interested in the relationship between the actors and the writers. So I understand when a when a script is first produced, you have a very um, detailed idea of what a character is. And then of course, someone uh, like Andy Dick, for example, with Matthew, takes that role and makes it very Andy Dick. Right. So at what point in time, um, if at all, does does the writing change in that? At first, it's an original idea, and how does it go from that to, oh, this is something Andy, Andy Dick would say? I would say probably pretty quick. We weren't there at the beginning, but, you know, if you if somebody is, like, so individual like Andy... Yeah. Because I have been on shows in the first season, and, yeah, it's just, like, it's like, what are they good at? And also, like, I think it was season three where it was we, like, where we started, like, Matthew idolizing Phil, mm-hmm. and... Um, I just remember like going down to run through after like we'd written that bit, and we just thought, "Oh, this is funny, this is a funny joke," and it was so good those two that I was saying it's like we could do this a hundred times. Mm-hmm. This joke will always work because of the way these two guys, the chemistry these two guys have playing that joke, mm-hmm. and like that's the fun, mm-hmm. which I think you get more melted because you get to see it mm-hmm. at least for a writer. Because otherwise, like if you're just out in a shoot somewhere. You're just more worried about making your day, you know? Right. Yeah, and you guys actually did it with John Lovitz. When he came on as a season regular, there was a point in the table read where he's like, you guys are just using the stuff that I said. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this was a real, sh- this was show, like, you know, like, Spider saying, like, we did, like, Paul loved doing that, where, like, something would happen in, the, in our insular little world, and it would just, it would be that story. I mean, the famous example is his Rolling Stone interview. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anybody in the room who doesn't know, there was a great, it's, it's a great interview. Uh, they interviewed him about how they were treating uh, news radio, and he just said that the NBC lineup was a double-decker shit sandwich, and they printed it. And I, did he did he say, is this off the record, or did he just not? I am not Something sure. I am not sure. Although I feel like, I feel like he, 
was like, I think he knew that he hadn't hadn't said it or something. I don't know. Uh-huh. I don't remember. I like if he had said it, he did not make a big deal uh-huh. of that. It wasn't like, well, you know, it shouldn't be like. He just owned it as soon as it came out. Right. I remember there was a quote in the interview where he does say, he's like, you know what, actually don't print that. Actually, you know what, I don't care, go ahead. That's right. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I, that. I remember that too, yeah. That's kind of beautiful, and it's perfect. <laughs> um, Alan, I actually want to... Oh, no, go ahead. please, go ahead. I was going to ask, I think we might have covered it in the other episode, but I just want to make sure again. How did you know that to grab this rocket fuel plot like later like oh this is the episode oh we because we were in. always you're all, I mean in any show you're always short for stories mm-hmm. you know like I like like when Sam and I were like starting to run uh, we ran a season of Hot in Cleveland and we like sat down with some friends of our showrunners and he's like however many stories you think you have you're going to need more mm-hmm. you just go through them things don't work you throw them out whatever and so I think this was like oh this is funny and I bet we can get NBC to approve it mm-hmm. And so we just had that waiting. Okay. How many packs was Sam up to at this point? I don't know. <laughs> it really was like it really was. Uh, that was a remarkable place. Jen, <laughs> <laughs> did you have any questions? I don't want to. Um, I mean, I had a few, but they kind of like got answered. Oh, okay, um, that's fair. Anybody else? Sure. For, for all writers out there. How do you stay encouraged when you have this tyrant of a network editing everything you do? It's just, I think one is, like, you know, they still pay you. It's still a pretty good living, you know? So, I mean, so you know this, like, this is part of the job. I think it can be, you know, eventually we got to do the show. We got to do the story we wanted to. You know, so I think it's part of an ongoing. I mean, the network, obviously, I think anybody who is a fan of this show... Will mention like it was moved eleven times on the schedule. It was never really supported. But at the same time, like we did run five seasons, mm-hmm. so it's just sort of the devil's bargain. I think of being in television that you know there's a certain amount of shit that's going to come down. You know, you're just like you know, you're just a product to a widget to them at some level. You know, but just hoping they're just to carve out the space. Where you know you can do stuff, and you know I feel like we were like and by comparison to now, it feels like we were given a huge amount of latitude mm-hmm. at some way, you know depending on where you're at, but for a show on NBC, it's you know I don't know there's like I felt like there's stuff in the tone of news radio that I feel like they want to air now. That's fair. Do you did you have fun reading back on it, or were you no? I was critical. I was cringing. I was cringing (laughs) because I was just like, oh, you know, because like I say, I feel like the the story, the the Jimmy and Dave faking things. Like, there's too many beats for the amount of story there is. Mm -hmm. There's not enough jokes. You know, it's sort of like it feels like an early draft Mm -hmm. where like you go back and you think. Okay, well, what's funny about this story? What like can we do it faster? Mm-hmm. And like even back then, when you the sto- shows ran longer, you could not, you can't shoot fifty six pages, <laughs> you know, of a multi, you know, and get it to time. And we taped long, right? You know, relative to other shows. Spider, do you have a concept of the longest one that was ever shot and then had to be cut down? No, I I feel like we had some sixty to sixty five. Yeah, that's how we did because you know because we because like the first cuts would be like seven minutes long, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's lo- that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Was there a news radio 
full-length feature out there? That <laughs> yeah, but I think Paul's one of Paul's structural things often, I think, was like you'd have like a B story or like a C story because like you know you have a lot of people so you got to find minute you have to find stories for everybody in the episode and to have basically a structure that's like theme and variations Dave has to like do a speech to his graduating class you know Joe comes in and gives him advice Beth comes in and gives it you know it's like that kind of structure and then take like you know when we have to get to time we'll take like the two funniest ones of those okay you know so it's like that so like you know but I'm gonna do it all. And just and see you know who's better on the night or just what however however it works right. <laughs> um, do you have any? The actors didn't love that. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> um, do you have any stories that you particularly uh, hoped would get in somewhere or weren't used <gasps> that you really wished you like would have been used in? A news radio. That's sure. I, I feel like there's not. I can't think. I feel like there might be one that um, that was that we never kind of got around to. The actual A story that aired with this, which is the guy upstairs is really noisy and they have a feud, mm-hmm. and then it turns out he's in a wheelchair, which is why he's noisy. Which was Drake Sather's idea was an idea that like that index card was on the board, like the whole time I was there <laughs> until we used it. Mm-hmm. So it's like one of those things. Wow. <laughs> the, <laughs> the idea, like when I was on Frasier, and the, there was a story that like Dan O'Shannon, who ran it for a while, always wanted to do, which was about Frasier's accountant. Of like, why are you spending so much on Sherry? You know, it's just like it wasn't big of like, how does he have that lifestyle? I host a radio. Show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god, that's phenomenal. Um, well, this has been super super fun. I yeah. appreciate you doing this very much. So, thanks for writing it. Thanks for hating your own writing. Whatever yes, it takes. Well. You know, it's okay. <laughs> You know, it, it informed your energy, and your energy was great. Yes. So, um, and thank you. And very, yes, please. These guys were great. Weren't they? Yeah. They were amazing. Um, Good job, guys. I have not, the, the thing, also, this is a cold read together in terms of right. we've never acted this together, so. Yeah. And again, I. It's I, the only I, thing cold in this room. <laughs> 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 uh, well, let's let's do this very quickly. So uh, let's, let's get what. This is going to come out, the 100th episode is going to come out in a few weeks because this is, we're not recording this in order. So, uh, everybody, let's start with you, Natasha. Do you have anything you want to promote and where people can find you? We're going to go around the room and do it. <laughs> Hi. Well, yes, I do. Um, I have a, an online newspaper that I print every week. Uh, and a community that goes with it. It's called the Young Hollywood Blast. Um, you can find us at younghollywoodblast.com backslash blog if you want to see our newest articles about indie content creators and emerging Hollywood. Perfect. Jen? Um, I would like to promote that you all go out there this summer if you have a little bit of extra free time and learn to do something that you've been putting off trying to learn how to do. Here we go. Jen's going to make the next person look bad. That's what always happens. <laughs> hey, wait, what do you got to do? <laughs> I, I, I mean, the only thing I'm selling is myself. Good. Um, <laughs> That's what we're all here to do. Good answer. Most of us. 
Are you on Twitter? Where where are you where people can find you? You don't have to say. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, I'm not a prostitute, just to clarify. Um, so, my first time on the radio, if anyone hasn't noticed. Um, I do have a website, HaleySims.com. That's Haley, H-A-L-E-Y-S-I-M-S dot com. Um, you know... So that's where I am. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. 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 Oh, it's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> What's up, everybody? This is Milan Carter. Uh, I create content, man, and I'm about to get back started again. I, I wiped my whole Instagram, and now it's all time for new stuff. So you can follow me at Milan K Carter. That is M I L A N K C A R T E R on all social media platforms. Instagram, start there. You mm-hmm. enjoy. Really. I'm serious. <laughs> Thank you. Chris? Uh, I don't have anything to promote, but I will promote my wife's novel, which Please. is called Be Frank With Me, mm-hmm. which uh, came out a couple of years ago and was in Los Angeles Times bestseller. Wow. Wonderful. Wow. Awesome. Do you get any residuals if people buy the damn DVDs? Let's at least promote them. Uh, probably. Buy a, D- buy yeah, a DVD. Yeah, it's just like a, it's a little bit. I would say, like, yell at uh, Sony, uh, yell at Crackle. Uh-huh. To, to either convert it to HD, we you've really, talked about this, we, I'm or so ask, angry about it. some letters, or something. people. Yeah, well, yeah. We're, we're, we're gonna have to write a letter to yeah. whoever is in control of yeah. that. And anyway, Eric, hi, how are you? How are you? Great. <laughs> so, so good to see you. And if, if you're listening but can't see, this man is just looking handsome today. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I do, indeed. Anyway, continue. Yes, my name is Eric Feltus. I'm super happy to be here. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Eric Feltis, which is E-R-I-C-F-E-L-T-E-S. I don't know why I keep looking at my page. <laughs> I wrote down at Eric Feltis in case I forgot how to <laughs> I like control. Okay. <laughs> it could change. Um, perfect follow Matthew. Me. You're the perfect Matthew. <laughs> Thank you so much. We're delighted. That it's was great. Um, a delightful compliment. Now I'm hot. Um, I have a exciting, fun uh, short film that I wrote and starring called Off Book. Um, you can find that on Amaletto's YouTube page. Um, Amaletto is O-M-E-L-E-T-O called Off Book. Check it out. Wonderful. Alex Salem. Alex Salem. Oh, that's me. Uh, I'm on the socials at the Alex Salem, and I appear in a drinking game, the monthly show with Jason and Alan what? of Dispatches <laughs> from Fort Awesome. <laughs> what? Uh, that's a drinking game on Facebook yes. and drinkinggame.com on the internet. <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Great. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. Accurate. Then. Yes. Well done. Hi, I'm Alan Rickert. You can find me on Instagram uh, at Milan K. Carter. <laughs> uh, also, go to my website, uh, Alan Rickert, A L L E N R U E C K E R T dot com. Um, and check out the movie Dolomite is My Name, who actually, Milan is actually in it somewhere too. Oh, one, uh, do we have a date? Supposedly this fall, I just see. I want you both, demand this movie. Well, you, you both have to do my podcast about 
vinyl comedy records then since it's about Dolomite. I mean, like, we'll, we'll that, that's something. Yeah, we'll have to have you both on that show. Uh, well, I want to see it. Alan's great in Veep, by the way. If anybody saw Alan... Yeah, the, se- the season was great, actually. Fine. But you were great. Uh, <laughs> I, no, no, no. Lou Morton, you did a great job. Lou, you're a delight. Thank you for that. Um, Jason, what do you got for me? Oh, nothing. Uh, Instagram, <laughs> Jason Klom, J-A-S-O-N-K-L-A-M-M. Twitter, for some reason, I'm J-Klom, J-K-L-A-M-M. Uh, on Instagram, hashtag the professional blur. That's where I talk about all my extra work. I'm trying to write a book about it. Uh, let's see what happens. Anyway, um, but thank you guys for listening. Thank all of our audience who's in, in the room. Thank you, Spider, for being here. Spider, happy to be here. Chris, again, thank you. We've somehow managed to pick the perfect cast. This is a delight. Um, thank you to uh, uh, Christina Rickard, who is sitting here. Thank you to Mitch Yapko. Yes, Jen sure, Stern. sure. Let's name the people. Sure. Will. Hi. Well, Marshall. <laughs> Does anybody else want to? Okay. <laughs> Wait, real quick though. Will, do you have any set memories from being this yeah. small? Oh, dear God, no. None. Yeah. So I was say I was born in 97, so I was born during the show. The one sort of memory I have is, uh, was it season five? Dave Foley brought a stereoscopic yes. camera to the set, and so there's a picture of me, and we have it at home, of him holding me, and I can't be more than what? They, Eight months, yeah, nine was, months old. Yeah, it was ninety nine. Yes, yeah. and the first thing I noticed when I found it is, dear God, this man actually had hair at some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, that's. Uh, <laughs> but yes, it, but I don't have any memories so, besides that. <laughs> You'll wait soon. <laughs> oh yes, I'm starting to lose my own hair. So. Response: <laughs> <laughs> Did you say ninety seven? Ninety seven. Yes. I don't. This guy looks. I look like a child. You are so mature, and you were born in '97. Yeah. <laughs> He's dressed like Bill McNeil. I mean, he's like, <laughs> very impressed by Dapper as hell. Well, there's just our one thing left to say. I think, Alan. Do you think? Yes. Catch you later, bee cakes. Perfect. So let's cut. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Yes. Hey, we're back, everybody, for a little uh, bonus with Spider Chambers. You know, I've been wanting you to do the show for so Thank long. You. I know, I know, it's it's your busy man. I am, and I'm I'm uh, forever a post production guy, yeah. so I am behind, and uh, <laughs> not even, not just behind the camera, but way behind production. I got well. you. That's fair. So. That's fair. So what what why are you, what did you want to talk? About? So I, sadly, I had. Uh, I had to clear out my garage uh, a couple of years before you started doing this podcast, mm-hmm. and so I threw out a lot of stuff. But there was stuff that I kept, and then I was thinking it, it should find a better home than the back of my closet. So uh-huh. I have a bunch of stuff here that I sort of kept over the years, and uh, I figured I'd just give it to you, and uh, nice you guys can wow. decide what you want to do with it. And I, Chris uh, Marshall is still here because uh, I figured yes. he may have some input on some of this as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, that would be fun. So that'll be good. I All know. Right. It's so, like you know, it's it's a live audio unboxing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll get, I'll give pictures of it. You guys should both yeah. see it. So let's see. So I guess yeah. the first thing I'll bring out. So it's a staples box. It's got these little spots. It's three, oh. three, two, fifty. I just got a solid cardboard. It spot. probably is probably one of the ones from the show. <laughs> <laughs> but this, uh, this. Oh wait, actually, hold on. There's Sorry. More. There's more. Okay. There's more. I was so about to give okay. away what it was. I'm trying not to peek. It's so really hard. This, you can tell them what it is. That is a script oh, wow. for sinking ship. What draft is it? That is table draft. The table. Oh. Wow. Yeah. With, with a little pencil drawing. Is that your drawing? That's mine. Yeah, yeah. yeah just ignore that. No, no, um, no. Those but, are the things that make this stuff exciting. Yeah. So yes. that was mine, and then um, I also have the shooting draft. So oh, you guys can actually boy. do a little comparing and contrasting. A little before and after. Wow. And then I think there's even a note. We will show this to Brad Rowe when he's on the show. Um, what is the uh, what's the difference in page count? 
Oh. So you got oh, yeah, 74 to 79. Actually, it's not. 79 for the table and 74 for so the shooting draft. Well, yeah. The shooting draft, yeah. All right. Wow. Okay. And then, so here's uh, just a little note I, I included, which is that uh, Al Higgins was left off of the uh, the credits because I think per WGA rules you could only have what was it like six Ten. not seven yeah or nine there's not some seven. yeah there's some room I I had always heard like you could pay to get somebody else on ah. but uh, it would have been characteristic of that show that we would not have paid <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> especially by the end because that's end of season four so we yeah. didn't even know if we were coming back yeah 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 as always I yes mean, right yeah obviously oh my god this is fantastic thank you yeah so anyway so you guys i figured you'd have some fun with that uh-huh. you can whatever yeah. whoever we can... holds it in their house i'm going to make sure i scan all of these <laughs> by the way it's, it's a nerd thing of mine right yeah. yeah. million writers so next, and you may want to give this to some big fans of the show, but mm-hmm. these are um, oh cast my God. photos. I don't have those. Holy wow. Shit. So it's cast photos from most of the seasons, wow. I think maybe three, four, five, um, of, uh, uh, that we sort of gave out to vendors and fans, and yeah. uh, they're all... What actors oh, haven't wow. you had on? Oh, most of them. We, we've most had Candy. And and I know you had just Vic- like Candy, we've had Vicky. Yeah, now you have Vicky. We only had Vicky because she did my other podcast years ago. So. Oh. <laughs> Because yeah. I would always, because I would always like to hear an actor talk about like these publicity photos, because oh, it sounds yeah. like, especially when it's like those ones where it's just like, you know, like uh-huh. one of the characters is like pointing with his thumb uh-huh. to the other guy, <laughs> and it's just like, right, it's exactly. Like, this one with your hands what? in the air. Exactly. Wow. There was one. There was Who one me? at. There was one at Fraser of like which from Kelsey like. Holding a door, and then the everybody else's heads are ah, like sure, that. Sure, that thing. Works. I just would think of like oh you know because it's just like well because that show mm-hmm. by the time we got on there, which is season seven, that show was very you know we're you know kind of uh, a sophisticated show. Oh, mm-hmm. and then you have this like the corniest publicity photos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just think it's like oh man, that's a long day for the actor. Boy, we have a long talk about Frasier. Yeah. We're not going to, but we could. Yeah, I, I love me some. Have you been on the Frasier podcast? Wow. There. No, I don't even know there. There, there is, is a Frasier. I don't know if they're still doing it, but they were for a while. Yeah, uh, it was with I think Kevin Smith was doing it. If I'm not mistaken. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Did it go through every episode? I don't know. Oh. I have to check. Bad research on my part. I'm sorry, Spider. You've got yeah, more sorry. things to well, share. No, no, that's okay. <laughs> this is this is all part of it. But have you? In NBC, they have that long corridor of yeah. all the really terrible stage yeah. photos. That you can see, and they're just awkward. like all the way down. Yeah. yeah so. Do you remember what the most awkward one you saw was? It's hard Which? to say. It's, <laughs> it's, it would be hard to it, like. I think they can't be so like they're all at the so terrible that none stand out in particular <laughs> because they're just the sort of. Yeah. You know what would have been, like, somebody is like for somebody to maybe draw or something. Uh, cast of dramas mm-hmm. having to do those comedy poses of like, <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> sort of the good wife, like with her thumb <laughs> <laughs> to like Christine Baranski, you know, whatever. <laughs> All right. Next thing I have, which is a bit of a small thing. So when we went to syndication, mm-hmm. the, um, who was it? Was it Sony? Uh, no, uh, Columbia TriStar mm-hmm. gave this catalog of sort of all the swag gear that you could buy at one point. What? So yeah, and it, it was only like sent to uh, you know the TV uh, stations. Sure, that were, sure, sure. 
that were there, but we had a couple of those. You could get a jean jacket. I want that jean jacket. Yeah. Hey, this yeah. is one of the ones that Robert Spina gave us. He gave us one of these shirts to give away to one of our, our mm-hmm. uh, silly fans. I love it. Yeah, this yeah. is actually a really classy. There's I a, want that radio. a classy radio that's not that bad of a price. No, hundred dollars for a little yeah. brand new radio. Love it. Yeah, I think we'll do sell price. No, you don't. You don't have much swag from this radio, do you? I have. Well, I have this hat. Yeah. yeah. And I have a jacket that I uh, mistakenly uh, put in the wash and ruined. Mm. And I have. Uh, I have like a couple T-shirts and a fleece. Yes. And your cherished memories. And my cherished and my <laughs> yeah. cherished memories. I've, I've never seen more swag than on news radio. News radio. I, I'm wearing. I'm still wearing the shirt yeah. from back in the day. Uh, but we had multiple shirts. Oh, in a bathrobe. Yes. Bathrobe. <laughs> bathrobe. Love it. Yeah. yeah. And, and did you get one of the boxing robes? The Paul. Make- no. So Stephanie did. My wife. <laughs> okay. I got one of those. Yeah. That was a Paul gift. Like, because the other stuff was show stuff. Because mm-hmm. that was the like. Because after news radio, we went to Frasier, mm-hmm. and it was like, especially now, but even then, it felt like, oh, this is Versailles before the revolution. <laughs> you know, it's just like it's so. And, and Frasier, because Frasier was like making, you know, tens of millions of dollars from yeah. Paramount like sure. every day, uh-huh. and um, it really was like, you know, it's just like, what can we do for you? Yeah. Uh-huh. You told me a story once that for a finale they flew in lobster from Florida. They used to do that in the room. They did. They had stopped. They had stopped doing it. But I guess the first couple of seasons for the last rewrite, the the room would order stuff from Joe's Stone Crab in Miami and have it flown in, wow. which was like past past our day, but still was sort of like you know they'd bring in like the. Veggie and cookie plate in the afternoon with the afternoon coffee and oh, things like hilarious. that. It was really yeah. something. We, we barely get clean water in uh, reality, so. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah. Now you work on a network show, so it's just like, and they will still you can they will still go out and get you lunch, but it's like nobody order over ten dollars. Right, totally. That's great. Yeah, no, it's still great. I mean, I never mind. You know, yeah, it's just yeah, like yeah. I like a sandwich. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it's free. So next item up for grab is this. What? It's a piece of the set. That's an APSA. Oh my god. Is that an APSA? Mm -hmm. Dear God. The the only reason I know that is Tony Carey has one almost exactly like it. So that's why I know it's an APSA. They had a couple uh, on set. And when the the, the show ended, they just sort of, uh, Jody Mann, the prop master, um, just said, yeah. Have at it. We can't. We bought these, you know, uh, right, right, right. after the first season when we knew it was going to go longer, and we just kept them. So whatever you want. Wow. Yeah. Oh. The one set prop story you told me when I was younger was that the newspapers were not changed from the first day. The news. I don't know if that was literally true, but it was. They definitely lasted for multiple seasons. The newspapers from the yeah. beginning. And they're all the fake newspapers. There was an article about how it was all the same. Yeah. The same yeah. one can be seen in various uh, yeah. shows. I asked Candy about that. It's like, so did you ever? She's like, oh, they gave me one as my parting gift, and then she offered to mail it to me, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, yes, that's very sweet of you. But yeah, so yeah, so she definitely got one of those as a, and she did. She yeah, that's, that's the story. It's always the same one. Did she mail it to you though? That's it hasn't happened yet. Okay, she's, she's a busy woman. She's busy. <laughs> she gave us a bunch of cat food for her cat because she's so nice. Oh, really? she did. Yeah, she really did. I love Candy. She was. She was yeah. awesome. She's wonderful. That was a great. She was a great guest. So this, I, I'm gonna actually put it to you guys. Do you guys recognize what this is? 
Um, wait a minute. You can describe it. It is a fluted sort of mug. It is a slightly fluted mug, and it looks so familiar. And, I, and I'm the prop guy, and I'm gonna be an asshole. What does fluted mean? It, it, it it's flutes, a, it flutes uh, out, uh, sort of. Is that the right word? Something yes, no, it absolutely yeah, is. Start right skinny. That's why. For our listeners. For your listeners. Do you know what this is from? No. God damn it. This is from uh, Space. The episode. The feelings. The Space <gasps> nice. episode. Wow. So this was the coffee cup, the actual coffee cup from that episode. Damn it. That's so good. So, there you go. Careful. Dave, as you can. Uh, <laughs> careful. Jason, put it here. Yeah, please do. Oh, wow. I'm going to knock it to ass over. Oh. Okay. So, I see you already have one. Uh huh. By the way, clean all these because I'm looking at them. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't been bad about that, but there's a, a proper. Very kind of you. Yeah. And there's, um, there's actually a second one, but I realized uh, some bad things happened. Oh, no. On we'll figure out something to do with it. So, it's, yeah. so it's a tumbler. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's a WNYX mug with no handle, so now it's like now it's a well, highball mug. The handle's lens. inside it, so if you really okay. want the handle, oh, yeah, it's yeah. true. If you want to put it, pencils yeah. in it or something. Right. So the last two things weren't off. official, like props or anything like that, but it was uh, Paul Sims specials, and they are two oh, of the uh, WNYX sweatshirts. Yes, because Paul, which was not uh, customary, thank you. I don't think it was customary, uh-huh. would give. You know, because, like, when you were, like, involved mm-hmm. at the, like, writing end, you know, like, you know, production, mm-hmm. like, people, you know, post-production, stuff, people who, like, because you had to keep Paul's hours, mm-hmm. which were, like, you know, like, pretty, uh, you know, late, yeah. you know, that's, like, uh-huh. that's how we did it. And so, like, Paul, like, would give, like, a gift to the people on that. I don't know if the whole show got it or, mm-hmm. like, the stage got it. But definitely, like the writing staff and 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 other people would get these just other Paul things. And so there's a WNYX hoodie, mm-hmm. which is in purple and gold because those are the colors of the Harvard Lampoon. There we are. And which we had like four Lampoon people on that show. Oh yeah. And um, and the other thing is because like playing video games, a huge part of the culture of mm-hmm. the writing of news radio and I think it was end of season which is the one where like Joe and Matthew are like fighting they're like have to wear boxer robes oh uh, we actually just did that came up yeah season four yeah season four or something and um as for so Paul gave these boxer these full like heavy satin boxer robes with our names on the back <laughs> that are like super impractical because they have like a hood yeah. and it's like black and it's like red lining. They're very warm. You should shop it. <laughs> but the logo on the front is of Halo because that was the season. That was the season wow. they networked for 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 like desktop computers together, oh my so they could so they could yeah. play like Halo head to head to head. Yeah, the switch from Sunset Hour was Doom and Red right. Bar was Halo. <laughs> that was that was. Yeah, the they had the, they had like a Halo room. Like one office was just yeah. it was like the size the of this room. We're doing room. this because that's yeah. what happens when you live at work. Yeah, exactly. It was yeah. very much like. Like a whole episode uh-huh. of the podcast, but could be devoted to just video game culture. Been thinking about it. Yeah, it, just, it, it come, obviously comes up all the time. Yeah, no, it would really like that. Would be like you. That would actually be more a better as a panel mm-hmm. yeah. because people would <laughs> people would, would people would really. I remember sitting with Josh Lee because Josh didn't really play much, and I uh-huh. am I'm like so uncoordinated. I like did not play, 
we had like a, like NHL '98 or something. Uh-huh. And I'm a big, big hockey fan, mm-hmm. and like people who didn't know the rules would beat me, and it just made me so mad. It's like I'm not playing a video game. Uh, it's like you don't even know that these used to be the Minnesota North Stars, you know. And then, um, but like, and they would, and I remember Josh Lee didn't really play that much either of like the the FPS. His, his game was uh, Monster Rancher. Monster, Monster Hunter. Monster Rancher. My, Monster Rancher. Because there's an episode named Monster Rancher. Yeah, we, we <laughs> asked, it's a video game. Like we should. Be. It yeah, sounds so, really cool, actually. Yeah, no, it's, it was really, it was, it was like, and like kind of cute. Uh-huh. But like we watched like these epic battles, and uh, Josh, like, yeah, here we are, a couple of frag hags. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, I, that, I mean, that was, I, man, I that, that would have been me. Because I used to watch my best friend play video games. Yeah. I was just writing uh, a little remembrance of when I rediscovered news radio. Um, and it was on a trip where we were stuck in New Mexico, my best friend and I, coming out to L.A. And he had his PS2, and I was just sitting, doing that, watching him play video games. And then, in between, please, we were putting, because news radio had just come out on DVD. Right. So that's what we would do while we were stuck in a hotel for an entire weekend. Just news radio and dumbass PS2 games. So I, you know, I can relate. Yeah. Spider, did you have any? Did you have any game that you liked the most? Oh, I. There? I would spend hours there just playing Doom all the yeah. time with them. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, that was our game, and we would mm-hmm. just go and uh, battle. And yeah. Halo in the later years, but uh, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, we weren't flipping cartridges. It was Doom or. You know, or that's it. Doom, like there was, like yeah, there were some occasionally, like oh, a Goldeneye. Goldeneye was, oh, was Gold, big. Oh, Goldeneye. Yeah, yeah. Goldeneye. I remember, like, I think this is right. Is like, like some like the new Nintendo, like the new version Nintendo came out. Yeah, and it was like for a while only available in Japan, mm-hmm. and Lou Morin had paid to get one, but he had to go down to the port. Of Long Beach and get it off the boat. Wow! <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so when that one went there, then there was like a vogue for some of like the Nintendo games, so that we could play this fantastic new Last Word and video game yeah. platforms. And then at some point in season two or season three, uh, everyone got all the writers got together and decided to buy stand-up video game arcades. And mm-hmm. so we had an arcade room upstairs for a long time. A whole and, room. Uh, that was that was pretty great. Had- was that was that the inspiration for the arcade story where like Dave is trying to get his. It has to be right. I think somebody I can't mentioned remember, that. But I think we, we had Brian Kelly on. We had Brian Kelly on, but yeah. I can't remember the specifics of other other than we were obsessed yeah. with video games. But yeah. he he did That's mention that people bought them, but I don't know if he mentioned it was an entire room entire and it was room. there and that that's what happened. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> yeah, that was the big conference room, which later became the edit room, and they moved all of the um, the games out. But, oh, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's great. And there were two foosball tables. They're right, we had our own foosball table, uh, Sam and I, because uh-huh. like the, we had become friends playing foosball in college. Okay, okay. You know, just like we play, you know, and um, so it's just like you know, and like some, suddenly we were making network money. So yeah. it's like we're getting a foosball table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there was one that you guys bought for stage. So there was right. one down at stage, and there was one up uh, upstairs as well. Yeah, that was I, yeah. Two Amazing. Yeah, no, it really was <laughs> like it was a little bit 
like yeah. people would come, like your parents, uh-huh. and it was a little bit of like. In a way, it's exactly what you think it is. Yeah. It's like it is. It's like being in Paris and seeing a guy with a beret and a baguette under his. It's like exactly the stereotype you think it is. Um, but it was also it's like oh, you know, I can see you know money well spent through your education. <laughs> oh boy, that's remarkable. So the last item I have oh, getting back oh, is it's just uh, it's. Uh, I figured you guys would enjoy it. Well. Not not enjoy. Enjoy is the wrong word. But I think that you guys would find um, uh, it interesting. Oh, it's really uh, uh, yeah. from the remembrance uh, ceremony that we did for Phil Hartman mm-hmm. uh, at Paramount Pictures. Yeah, it was on my so, 18th birthday. That's very weird. Yeah, Jackson Brown performed. Holy crap! Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow, man. Yeah, and walking in, they had all these giant photos of him and his different characters. Oh, that's so good. That's so yeah. sweet. That's good. Yeah, it was just at Paramount. Uh, recently and like walking past that theater and I was thinking about that yeah. you know it's just like hard to walk past that please and David Angel because then like David Angel who was one of creator of the phrase died in 9-11 so like mm-hmm. I was like oh yeah no there's like that we were there for Jesus. that too wow, oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. we I mean we just hey you know this is honestly the best time to do this because we are about to go into season 5 yeah. on the show mm-hmm. we literally ha- I I don't know how we're going to approach it at all. Because I don't know we who, how many ideas, people are going to want to come on and talk about it. Maybe some people will. Don't know. We want to be as respectful as possible. Well, and, yeah. And not upset anybody. And The bonus we have. Just for the, just for the Bill Moves On episode. Yeah, yeah and in general. Cause I, I mean, know. in general, it does. I mean, it totally hung over that year. And you know, how could it not? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Of course. And, I mean, the bonus that we have as people talking like a bunch of goofballs about a show we love is that that is a brilliantly funny episode. It is, it, to yeah. me, I mean, other than the Mary Tyler Moore episode with, with the clown, is the funniest show. It's still the funniest show about death I've ever seen. And it's, I think, because it comes from such a place of love. And, like, yeah. let's keep yeah. this character going, in a way. Like, it's like, we've, we've kept him alive in this way because we kept, we wrote, yeah. he has dialogue in, in, in ways, you know, in a way. So, yeah. I don't know. It's a brilliant episode, so it's going yeah. to be fun to... It'd be interesting to see the difference between that table and the thing, because I just oh, remember yeah. it as just, like, Paul's, like, Paul wrote it and we shot it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it was just, like, wow. like, we hardly need, you know, I mean, the run-throughs are hard to do. I bet. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. God. That's, well, this, uh, this is really sweet of you, Spider. Yeah, thank um, you so much. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Thank I'm glad you. I could find a home here to, like, the biggest fans that are sort of Continuing the sort of love of, of news radio, so yeah, you know, you know better than just keep it in the garage. Yeah, and during the rainy season. Well, I mean, people who are listening are going to understand at some point. We're going to do some silly contests. You know what? This is how we're going to get people to do that news radio tribute comic. If you do a comic, if you do something, yeah, make us some art. Thing, we will send you some stuff from make this. Us you know what I mean? Art. I mean, we won't tell you what it is. No, of course. Yeah. <laughs> just they're getting pieces of this handle. Is what they're doing. <laughs> That's right. That and the box it came. That's yeah, right. Came. We'll give you a little. We'll give you a little piece of the mug. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like piece. Yeah, it's like a piece of the True Cross. Right. My great uncle was a priest in like far upstate New York, Fort Edward, New York. Mm-hmm. And like he died and uh, my dad and his brother like cleaned his house out. And he had like two pieces of the true cross. Uh-huh. And like yeah, my uncle was like 
Like, how big is that thing? <laughs> <laughs> it's not like this priest in upstate New York, in like Fort Edward, New York. <laughs> yeah, I, need, I need two of them. Yeah. I'm going to grab two of those suckers. Oh my god. Well, Just in case I lose one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Spider, I'm, you know, yeah. pressure, but you're welcome to come back at any time. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because we yeah. want to talk to you about the actual post process, and you know, at some point, yeah. you can be like, hey, here's the practicalities of turning the show into HD. I want to talk about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, maybe yeah. we can this make is, it happen. Well, I. It's the problem that I, that I that I already know. I think I said something on the DVD was mm-hmm. you know when we did the show, you know you sort of had um, you sort of had the full frame mm-hmm. of what the camera captures, and then you have TV safe, right? And yeah. so you or, or I should say safe action. Mm-hmm. So if you're in safe action, anything outside of safe action means that you can't see it on the TV. Mm-hmm. And so I know specifically on that Titanic episode, um, there were when the water comes out of the elevator, there's a glass protecting uh, the cameras. Yeah. So it's in front of it. So it's hitting the, the, the glass that's in front of the glass of the camera. And I know on that episode, when you watch it um, online, you can actually see a lot of the stuff that we had blown up the shot for, Weird. but you can now see it because it doesn't take into account any of the broadcasting mm. sort of standards. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there's a bunch of stuff that happens off where like, ooh. <laughs> so getting to the point, the... <laughs> You probably don't want it to be HD. I gotta be honest. <laughs> We're gonna bleep that out because yes, we do. <laughs> I can also tell you that there was a, there was an episode we did with uh, where Andy Dick is naked except for a plant in front of him. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. We had to go into visual effects for that shot to make sure that it was TV safe. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so we cleaned up. Oh my God, you know the, the area. So again. You know, you blow that so, up, you know, four times the amount of what it initially did. You're not going to be happy with the results. So there's an uncensored nudity version of News Radio. Okay. Oh my goodness Wonderful. And it involves Andy. Yeah, I mean, that's what we all want. I mean, who else would it involve? That makes sense. Yeah. Did you get that? Did you get all of it? <laughs> well... Spider, again, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And Chris, thank you. Chris, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you both so much. I mean, we've already said this, but let's say it again. Catch you later, BKs. Dispatches from Fort Awesome, a news radio podcast, is part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. The show is hosted by Alan Rickert, Jason Klom, and Jen, who lives on the ether. Our theme song was composed and performed by Michael Warden. Have questions? Call and leave us a voicemail at 646-801-WNYX or email us at freakzilla at scopenet.com. You can also send snail mail to Stolen Dress Entertainment, P.O. Box 805, Burbank, California, 91503. Subscribe to Dispatches from Fort Awesome on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any other podcast outlet. Give us a five-star rating and write us a review. It helps. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at WNYX News Radio. Or find everything in one place at WNYXNewsRadio.com. Thanks, Joe. Visit StolenDress.com to listen to our other podcasts, watch videos, and imbibe freely of our multimedia content going back 15-plus years. Big day today, Dave. <laughs>